On a recent Sunday afternoon, the Cameron Museum of Decorative Arts in Bethlehem hosted the unveiling of the vibrant, joyful new Alice in Wonderland mural created by Kutztown-based artist and illustrator Kathy Ember. An enormous crowd of community members and supporters packed into the camera to hear Ember talk about the creation of the mural, located in the second floor children's area, and to share in a Queen of Hearts tea party celebration. While the little ones painted teacups and gazed up at a delighted Alice surrounded by a larger-than-life Mad Hatter, an ever-smiling Cheshire Cat, the Queen of Hearts, and more of the beloved characters from Lewis Carroll's classic. Kathy Ember has been an illustrator for over 40 years and specializes in children's illustrations. She's developed many children's books, including Squirrel's New Year's Resolution and Substitute Groundhog. Her newest mural is currently sharing the camera with the perfect companion, the From Marbles to Make-Believe Let's Play exhibition, consisting of over 400 pieces from the historic Bethlehem collections and local collectors, including trains, board games, stuffed animals, dolls, action figures, video games, and lots more. This is WDIY 88.1 Public Radio in the Lehigh Valley, and you are tuned in to Lehigh Valley Art Salon. I remain Kate Scuffle, your host, and this evening I'm talking with illustrator and muralist Kathy Ember. Welcome and congratulations, Kathy. Well, um, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you. Well, and the mural is quite the smash hit, I understand. <laughs> We were just talking about the uh, opening unveiling, the event over at the Kemmerer, and talking a little bit before we came on air here about kind of the more solitary work of an illustrator normally and the kind of joy of having sharing the unveiling of the mural with the community. Yeah, it was a great experience because, as you've said, as a, working as an illustrator at home, alone in my studio, I don't often interact with the public at, at all um, in regards to my art. It, it's more of a, a private, personal thing. So this is the third mural I've done, and, and some of the other ones, particularly the last one, was at Silver Maple, Maple Veterinary Center in Kutztown. And okay. in that case, I had people coming in with their cats and dogs while I was finishing <laughs> painting the mural, talking to me about the mural. And at the Kemmerer, similarly, people would be going through tours, and, and I became part of the tour. I, I, it took me so long to do the mural. We joked that I was like just another exhibit, you know, <laughs> an interactive exhibit. But people would ask me questions about the work I was doing. And it's weird. I'm not used to having anyone watch me paint. When that first started becoming a thing... I I thought of oh, they're going to see when I make a mistake, but then I realized no one knows when I'm making a mistake but me, <laughs> you right, know. Right. So, um, so I got kind of comfortable with it after a while, and I was amazed with doing the Alice in Wonderland mural. How many people, not just kids but adults, who were only familiar with it as the, the Disney movie, really did not yeah did not realize it was a very old book, a famous book. Because people commented how they look different from the Disney characters. And I said, well, that's not the only way they've been handled. They've been handled lots of different ways. That's so uh, interesting. Maybe I'm dating myself because my childhood memories of it are the illustrations. Right. I don't know that I really rocked or saw the movie, which is – that's so interesting. Yeah. No, I thought so too. And then when I first started the mural – well, I reread both the books. Okay. Most people don't realize there's two books. There's Alice in Wonderland through the Looking Glass, which are usually considered almost as one now. Okay. Um, but And I looked at all the illustrations that were done by the classic illustrators who kind of set the style for all the characters and, and newer 
illustrators who took different routes with it, and I just looked at everything that was done before I found my own way with it. That's just interesting. Just kind of see. What was it like to reread the books as an adult? I'm curious. Well, when I gave my talk to Mural, I, I said something that is pretty accurate. I said, if I was talking to a 13-year-old, I would say, don't do drugs, just read those books. <laughs> <laughs> because I really felt when I read, reread them, I forgot how how crazy they, the writing is mm. in a wonderful way and how if you were a pre-adolescent, it would be a great thing to read because it would challenge you to think about things in different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and uh, so I really, I really enjoyed rereading it a whole lot. So as much as the kind of scanning the illustrators of the past, the classics and the images, did rereading the books as, as an adult then influence the imagery or, or the visual way you treated the mural? I think it did because it gave me more insight to each of the characters. And I wanted my own insight to go into the illustrations and not to just look at what other people had done. I mean, a lot of the, uh, well, especially the the little animal characters like the white rabbit. um, I, as an illustrator of children's books, a lot of the books I've done deal with little anthropomorphic animals. So I, I naturally have developed over the years a, a, an approach to doing little animals. But when, oddly, when it comes to people and Alice, and I, I sort of had to work with that and, and find my way with her because uh. I, I just I don't do little human images as I, much. But I, and with her, I thought it was really important the expression on her face be not one of fear or because more to have the to more delight and excitement and just kind of shock because she's she's in the image she's basically falling down from the skies out of the rabbit hole into this environment with all these other creatures that that live in wonderland i was going to ask you about that the falling alice because it gives it a sense of motion and kind of being in the moment that sense of it's like she's responding to or reacting as we are, we're we're falling into it as well. Right, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. And I felt like I was falling into it myself while I was painting it. <laughs> it was, but that was, like I said, I looked at a lot of different imagery, and there was one illustration I'd seen, and it was of Alice actually falling in down through a rabbit hole, and um, I'd already had the idea that I wanted to take the tile floor. Let me backtrack. The, the yes, tile, there's a black and white. About that. Yeah. There's a black and white tile floor in that room, their children's right. area, and that was what initiated the whole concept of doing Alice in Wonderland. Because I saw the black and white tile floor, and so much of the time, because in Alice in Wonderland, there is the whole chessboard, the, the ground, the the landscape hmm. looks like a chessboard, and then that there is obviously there's all the little chessmen and queen and all that so the black and white tile floor i i just alice in wonderland popped into my head and the the brett peters the curator uh at the camera i said i'd like to do alice in wonderland he said that sounds great (laughs) so (laughs) so it worked out really well but but one of my initial thoughts then um right away one of the first thoughts i had was to take the tile floor and bring it up, just continue it up, up the wall, the black, and into the mural and create like a path into the mural. 
So I knew I wanted to do that, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to illustrate a specific part of the story or just do a composite of the different characters, and it ended doing the latter, uh, more of a composite. And I liked the idea. I wanted to have things different sizes <laughs> because mm, mm. that made sense too for the story and just compositionally. So it when I when I saw this one image of, of Alice falling down through the hole, I thought, well she can just be she's out of the hole now and she's falling into the landscape. But it will it would allow me to um, yeah, show some action, some movement mm-hmm. and have her be large um, in the image mm-hmm. since it's basically all about her and, and then I worked up a bunch of different little sketches, of course. I mean my Originally doing a thumbnail that was like one by two inches, which is what I usually do, and because I'm just thinking about basic shapes and composition at first, um, and then uh, then working it up. And I worked the sketch up, um, ironically, in Photoshop. I learned work to work in Photoshop about ten years ago, and I I love it for sketches in particular. I do finished art that way also, but even if I'm working traditionally, I like working in Photoshop for sketches because I can alter the shape and size of things and move things around as I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And did you finally, I mean, I, I know a lot of folks do uh, with, an, with an oversized canvas or a mural will use projectors and such. You don't, do you? Well, yeah, when I, it's when like you, I said, this is just a third mural I've done. I feel like I'm still on a learning curve <laughs> somewhat. But um, when I first, first one I did, I, I talked to a friend of mine who's done a lot of mural work and ask him a lot of advice, and and he said, just just do a grid because I mean, well, for one thing, in that room and with the, one of the other murals I've done, I wouldn't have been able to get back away far oh, enough okay. with the projector um, to clearly project the image. Um, and even if you can do that, you, you end up with some distortion, and then you you might want to have a grid anyways, just to kind of make sure you got things right. So it just. I'm a pretty good renderer, so I felt pretty confident I could reduplicate my original sketch on the wall. It took like a week. <laughs> to and that's do. done with because I've seen I've seen reproductions of it. You it's very small grid, small blocks. It's a very right. fine grid. Right. You do this with a chalk line on the wall. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. My my husband, who's a decorative painter and and uh, has helped me with certain aspects of. A lot of the murals I've done um, came in, and we just yeah we just did like this blue snap chalk line right. um, and created the grid on the wall, and then I just got to work drawing on the wall, which I realized it took me a while. The the perfect thing to put a transfer a drawing under the wall was a black, very thin colored pencil, and mm. uh, and then you know if you make an error, there's um, was it Mr. Clean's. Uh, Eraser, those sponges. There's, yeah, yes, yeah. They they, they worked. So it, it, I experimented with a couple different things, but in the end, <laughs> I, I think that worked best because you didn't get any smudges. Yeah, um, the, the paint, which I used a combination, and people are usually kind of surprised by this, but just mostly regular house paint. Really, um, and and some acrylics. Um, I would use acrylics for smaller little areas if I wanted a specific color, or also to, to tint the, the house paint. Mm-hmm. I would just you can just mix them all together. They're all just basically acrylic, and then I you would use. This is something I took from my personal work, which I worked in acrylic sometimes in my studio. But um, there's these palettes you can get called Stay Wet palettes. Okay. People create their own. It's basically a sponge with a permeable paper on top that you use oh, okay. in your palette. It keeps your paints from drying out. Okay. 
And anybody who works in acrylics will immediately know what I'm talking about because it, it helps a whole lot to keep your paints wet because yeah. they just dry right up on the palette otherwise. It's interesting. When we come back from the break, I, I want to explore further. I hadn't. I knew that the mural had taken a while to create. I hadn't thought of you becoming an exhibit in the museum while I'm doing it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could just about give a tour now. <laughs> you qualify as a teaching artist yeah. at this point. <laughs> You're listening to Lehigh Valley Arts Salon here on WGIY 88.1. I'm your host, Kate Scuffle, and I've been speaking with illustrator Kathy Ember about her work and her new Alice in Wonderland mural commissioned for the Kemmerer Museum in Bethlehem. We'll be right back after this short break. Thank you to the members of WDIY for making all the programming you hear possible. Becoming a WDIY member is the best way to support your listening and to ensure WDIY will be here for the next person in our community to discover. Make your membership gift today at 610-694-8100 extension 4 or WDIY.org. We couldn't be here without you. Welcome back to Lehigh Valley Arts Salon here on WDIY 88.1, Lehigh Valley Public Radio. I'm your host, Kate Scuffle, and tonight I'm talking with illustrator Kathy Ember, whose newest work, the gorgeous larger-than-life Alice in Wonderland mural, was recently unveiled at Bethlehem's Kemmerer Museum. Real quickly, how did why the camera? How did the connection happen? Was it just the floor? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting that I, I guess this past summer they had a glass show there, mm-hmm. and um, several of my most of my friends. I have a lot of artist friends, <laughs> and two of my friends that are glass artists had work in that show, and I'd never even heard of the camera, so. Mm-hmm. I thought I looked it up and I thought, well, this looks like a really interesting place, so I definitely want to go to the opening. And um, and then uh, it turned out another friend of mine um, was there who was involved with the camera just as a volunteer, and she mentioned about the upcoming toy show. I wondered if I had puzzles or anything like that, huh. and I, I had, but uh, it was a long time ago I'd done that kind of work, but. Well, my, my older brother is actually working with me on creating some puzzles now, which are, are there for sale. But um, but this this conversation got started between me and her and Brett, the, the curator, and I believe it. She was the one she knew they were looking for to do something to make the children's area a little bit more exciting. Uh-huh. So I, I, I believe I have her to thank for suggesting to Brett that I possibly would be the person to create a mural at the camera. So, um, and then I met with Brett and, you know, it's, and I thought it's a perfect, I mean, I love the idea of doing Alice in Wonderland. I liked, I liked being in a museum that's mm. dedicated to design. Um, it, it was hard for me to, I, I felt like I just had no choice but to do it. <laughs> and then you moved in. No, yeah. and, <laughs> just about. And yeah. I know everyone always asks this, but you were you started in July yeah. of last year. Yeah, and I knew I told him from the get go that it probably would end up being at least two months because okay. I'm not a fast painter, and I my the mural. If you go see it, you'll see it's not a flat graphic no. approach. It's like a. It's more like a huge painting, and I have no control over that. I'm very anal and detail-oriented in my work, and, and it's, I've, I've tried to be faster and more simplistic, but <laughs> it's not 
going to happen. So <laughs> anyways, yeah, it did. I was there. I, I was there off and on. Other things were happening in my life that I, I couldn't be there for periods of time. But um, I figured I kind of loosely kept track of my hours. And I believe if you condensed it down to 40-hour weeks, I figured it would be about nine and a half weeks wow. worth of work. Wow. So. It is interesting to look at the mural. I, I, I know you I mean there's kind of mural style that can, can be blockier, flatter mm-hmm, in a sense, mm-hmm. and this has so much dimension. Right. Yeah, I can see the detail work. It's, it's yeah. Right, right. And yeah, it's almost it's a labor of love. Yeah. I, I really I wasn't expecting them to be able to pay me for my actual hours right. because it, it would be a lot. <laughs> and there's little things like I, I did not know this. Somebody has very special teeth in the mural. Oh yeah, so the <laughs> if you there's the mural's actually almost like is two adjoining yes. so a big wall and then there's a cutaway adjoining wall which is just got upper part of the wall that butts out and yeah. on that part is where the Cheshire cat is and we were talking about trying to find a way to make him appear and disappear. We couldn't <laughs> figure it quite that out, but my husband suggested possibly could paint his teeth with glow-in-the-dark paint, you know, transparent glow-in-the-dark yeah. paint, which we did. And they, they do glow-in-the-dark, but it's, it's, <laughs> you'd have to go in the evening when it was dark and, and ask how all the lights <laughs> turned out to be able to see that effect. But uh, still just knowing it's there. Yeah, it's, you know. And something with the cards? Uh, yeah, well, in, in the mural, uh, there are... Um, as in the story, um, little dancing, uh, there's cards, <laughs> little guys that are little characters that are basically uh, cards. And they, they paint the rose tree in the story, right. so they're carrying little paint cans. <laughs> um, so I decided, and one thing that's interesting, too, in regards to the cards, we, um, I did Alice with your typical blonde hair, blue eyed, because I thought about altering that, but some things you just can't change as much as it bothers me that that is so much the character, female character in so many stories, but that's just too established to alter. But we did decide to make the cards different ethnicities. So there is like an Asian-looking card and a black-looking card, um, Hispanic-looking card, and then I'm a card. I made myself a card. So um, as people have often said to me, I'm a card. So I thought, what the hell, I'll make myself a card. Uh, So I kind of, one of the cards looks like me with silver hair, older person. There I am. (laughs) That's great. Folks, if you're listening, you have to look for this when you go, right? <laughs> and, and while you're, while folks are there, you also, I didn't know if it was just for the opening, but you there are, some of your work is available. Right, right. Um, well, Brett, the curator, asked me a while ago if I'd like to have other work available because they do do a thing from time to time where they have like a featured artist um, mm-hmm. in an area of the museum and a often local artist. And I course love that idea I'd like to show people what other kinds of work I do so I do have some of my other children's illustration I've done I, I create nice G clay prints and I have them matted and framed and try to sell them on Etsy without much luck but with things like so it was nice to have them be able to put them out to for viewing and in a public area um, so I, I do have those prints I've got um, some of the books I've done along with the original art from the book so you can kind of see the art okay. alongside the book. And one or two pieces of, of more personal art that have nothing to do with children's art at all mm. but are just my own 
my own work. And talking about that, what led you, because you, you, you attended Kutztown University, right? Right, right. Um, what, what was the road to children's illustration? Oh, boy. It, well, since this is a more of a local station, most people will know if I say I got my start at Rodale Press. Right. Um, and I worked there briefly for a while and started doing illustration for, I did illustrations for prevention, bicycling, backpacking, all these magazines and for at least 10 or 12 years, the fir- when I first started freelancing, they, they were my mainstay. And then uh, by a uh, strange fluke, uh, one art director there knew an agent and thought I should get an agent, and he kind of hooked me up with this woman in New York City. And I didn't know. He didn't know. She mainly um, was rep- represented children's illustrators, okay. but she saw in my work that she thought I would my work would translate well. Uh-huh. And suddenly I found myself with an, an agent for children's illustration in New York. And that and then I did both the editorial illustration and children's for a, a little while, but um, gradually uh, just did the children's, which I found to be a really good fit. I wasn't someone who always wanted to do children's illustration. I thought it'd be interesting. But I have to say, I mean, that one of the first jobs I did, I was doing this little anthropomorphic mouse, and I'm sitting there drawing it, and it, I, it was like I had this weird sensation of that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Huh. It was it was a moment. It was an actual moment, and, it, and I, remember, I remember it well because it, it just was unique. But anyways, it was a good fit, especially the little, like I said, I like doing little little animals and I love animals. I, I live with sheep and cats and <laughs> used to have horses. And, and so I, I find it pretty easy to give them a lot of character. I was going to ask if the Kutztown setting, because I know Kutztown in the area, well, also fe- yeah, if it feeds yeah. into that connection with the animal world yeah. and, and the, the magic of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, animals, I, it's very, yeah, like I said, it's very easy for me to to give them character because I see them that way. Mm. So, mm. And is it different than to that kind of private work of working with the images and the animals, the creating the characters on the page? You mentioned that then basically you see a book later often. What was the attraction of like painting the first mural? Year? Well, why a mural? Just out of curiosity. <sighs> Boy, yeah, the first one I did is actually in a classroom at Brandywine High okay. School. And it was a friend of mine, and she had the idea of a mural based on the book Animal Farm, which, there you go. Again, I was like, boy, I I did that one basically for next to nothing because I wanted to learn to paint a mural. Okay. So it was just a way to um, teaching myself how to, I was just kind of interested in it um, mm-hmm. and just thought it would be cool to do. <laughs> did, I mean, uh, and I, boy, yeah. That one was it took forever because I could only be there certain times of the day. Oh, okay. In fact, it was supposed to be much larger than we it was supposed to be two parts to it. We just ended up keeping it to the one wall because I just couldn't get in there often enough yeah. to for my style to get it done in any kind of timely matter at all. It must be lovely to know that the children interact. With, I mean, the, the mural was a public sharing. There's something so yeah. lovely about that. Right, right. You know, and even the children at the camera are now kind of being in that, that environment. I like the idea of a mural too because it's, it's there's a permanency, hopefully, yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, to yes. it. Um, yeah, that is kind of nice. And like we were discussing before, when I've done 
when I work at home and, and I'm working on a children's book, and I've done children's books, I do a lot of educational market work. There's a lot more than just children's books yeah, in the yeah. children's art world. But so I, I do the art for the, a book, which, you know, would take me four or five months. And then a couple months later, a box arrives with your books in it. And you're like, oh, well, wow, they look great. Or, you know, and you maybe share it with a friend or two. But it's very different than painting a mural and it's, and then having an opening and having a lot of people come and, and just not used to, I was just very flattered mm. by the, there was a great turnout at the opening and it, it meant a lot to me. I heard wonderful things about the opening and about everyone's experience of the mural and being there, and especially with the young ones, which was lovely to have the little ones there as, as well. Yeah. I would encourage our listeners, unfortunately, we're just about out of time, but the mural is permanent um, and is at the Cameron Museum of Decorative Arts here in Bethlehem on New Street. The show that's running alongside it from Marbles to Make Believe Let's Play runs through the end of April. And I would encourage everyone to go over and enjoy and take a, to partake of Alice's wonder at what she's surrounded by and enjoy, enjoy the museum in the same way. So thank you, Kathy, and congratulations again. Oh, well, thanks for having me. I've enjoyed talking to you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> And thank you listeners as well for joining both of us here in the Art Salon. You can find past episodes of Lehigh Valley Art Salon and our other public affairs programming at WDIY.org, on the WDIY phone app, and on major podcast platforms. I'm Kate Scuffle. This is WDIY 88.1 FM, and I look forward to joining you again soon right here in the Lehigh Valley Art Salon. Mm-hmm.